Hello and welcome to another edition of the Tigers Down Under. I'm your host, Alex, and with me I have Logan. How are you, Logan? Hey, Alex. Yeah, doing pretty well. Just uh, lurking in the dark, having some uh, camera difficulties. So please excuse the, uh, the, the lack of uh, vision. That's all right. That's all right. It's uh, it's been a long international break, and we've definitely made it all the longer by uh, uh, delaying the podcast episode, I guess, towards the end of the week. But we do have um, a fresh city fixture to look forward to. Um, I guess I'd say tomorrow night our time, but um, I I don't actually know what time it is in the UK. It's probably it's probably yeah about twenty four hours away essentially. Um, so we've got that to look forward to. But look, we'll, we'll look back on that Reading fixture first of all, um, which was just before the international break, a 1-1 draw, a game in which we, we did look pretty good for, for patches, but I guess sort of typical of us in recent weeks and I guess with the um, sort of the churn in that final third in terms of personnel and, and who we've had available, just don't seem to have that fluency to really finish teams off. No, not at all. And I just, I, I think it in so, so many ways kind of speaks to this stage of the season where we're located on the ladder. Uh, it's just, it's a really tricky period of football to play because, you know, as we talked about a few weeks ago, there was that promotion push kind of hope. And then as soon as that kind of evaporated and with no real seeming threat of being in any, you know, relegation danger, it's just a difficult time to play. It's hard to to get up for the fixtures. And yeah, like we said, like if we were in a promotion push, I think this game would be a, a huge cause of frustration. But, um, you know, although it's still somewhat frustrating and I still believe that we, we certainly should have taken the three points, um, you know, there is a, a large part of it where we're kind of resigned to, uh, you know, our fate this season and therefore you can kind of get to sleep at night regardless of, um, you know, how how disappointing the result was on its merit. Yeah, I'd be really curious to see at the end of the season how many uh, 1-1 draws we end up with because I feel like that's got to be our most common scoreline and it feels like, as you say, it's that that frustration but at, th- at this point of the season, I guess the ship sort of sailed on the promotion push so um, it's not as frustrating as it could have been but you just imagine, you know, you've you got the Blackpool and the, the Sunderland and... Reading now and, and a few others as well. I think the Huddersfield as well, all 1-1 draws. You think if we turn that into the three points that um, it shows, I guess, it shows the potential we have heading into next season with um, the way that we've been able to keep in these games and it's just about turning those draws into victories. Um, but, but, you know, talk, talking about the potential for next season, I, I guess talking about our goal, um, the way it was constructed out from the back, passing move, um, you know, Seri into Slater into... Uh, Traore back to Slater to, to get the goal uh, really highlights um, Rosinia's philosophy and, and his his way of playing and, and the way that it's starting to really come through in the players and, and the positive outcomes that can come of it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that's kind of, you know, we've, again, I feel like a broken record here, but it was something that we did talk about when Rosinia was appointed. Like he, he did ask for, for those exact things. He was very clear with, you know, his playing philosophy and, how he kind of wanted the club to operate and he did say it would take time. He also mentioned that there were going to be mistakes and that, you know, the fans were going to have to be patient. And 
yeah, as you said, there's definitely, you know, shades of of, of what he's trying to, um, you know, instill in the club. And, yeah, that, that goal from from Regan Slater was was a fantastic, um, you know, full team, I guess, kind of involvement and um, a, a really, um, you know, kind of stellar finish and a well-worked goal. So, yeah, look, you're starting to see the fingerprints of, of Rosinia kind of taking shape. And, yeah, as you mentioned, like it's, it's a very pleasing and optimistic, uh, you know, place we find ourselves in given the fact that, you know, there's been periods this year where, uh, you know, we have kind of thought about the concept of, of being relegated and how it could be a real threat. So, um, you know, full credit to him. Although, you know, in the same breath we're talking about, it, it feels somewhat, you know, hopeless at the moment because of where we sit and the fact that there's, you know, a lot of kind of seemingly meaning, meaningless football to be played. Uh, that's actually a really good position to be in uh, given where we have fallen to this season. Yeah, that's right. And it's a great reminder, actually, of where we were, uh, what, two months into the season under Shodder. It feels such a long time ago that we were in that relegation scrap. Even even the first couple of weeks or months under Rosenia, really, it was still a potential risk and, and we really pulled away from that. Um, yeah, it's easy to forget that. And as you say, I mean, we've got a few, I guess, pointless games, in a sense, to play out the season with. Um, only a couple of those left now as well, though. I mean, it's it's really coming to the pointy end at both ends of the table. Um, I guess just a last comment on this game as well, a bit of the controversy around a couple of incidents, I guess the um, the handball off a ABOA shot at, mm. I think it was at 1-0, um, and then sort of a similar one in the second half with Coyle, although that one, I guess, more debatably outside the box. Interesting in the, in the aftermath, I mean, Rosinha pretty fiery with um, the referee after the game, uh, I think he got a yellow card for his troubles. Um, but the PGML, PGMOL, I think, have pretty much come out and without saying it in as many words, almost acknowledged Rosenia was right in the sense that the particular referee was also in charge of the previous fixture between the two teams and had a few controversial incidents, shouldn't have been the one to take this fixture on. Um, there's definitely a lot of suggestions uh, for this incident as well as a few others that potentially... Um, strengthening the case for VAR to be introduced in the championship. But, you know, you never want to blame the drop points on a refereeing performance because, of course, at the end of the day, it's up to us to put the ball on the back of the net. But it is a, a frustratingly kind of common recurrence in the league that there, there are these examples of poorer quality refereeing displays impacting games. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, you can kind of go down that argument of of like technology and sport and VAR and, and things like that being made kind of universal and, and going throughout the leagues. But, yeah, it is it is a tough one because, you know, I know that everyone kind of runs with that cliche with eventually it balances out. Um, as a fan, it, it doesn't always feel like that. And, I, yeah, as I kind of already alluded to before, given the importance of this game, not really having as much, it's it's hard to be as connected. But, yeah, you know, on the flip side, if this was a, a top six kind of, you know, promotion push game and that happened, um, you know, the stakes are a lot higher. And I think that that's where you really do start to get into that, you know, the referee conspiracy theories. And it is, it's, it's difficult to stomach, particularly in, you know, a, a league where there is a lot of financial um, kind of importance of like what, getting promoted means for a club and the sponsors and and what also, you know, getting relegated or, or falling outside the, the six and, you know, the potential playoff berths. Like there's some huge, huge things at stake. And I think that's where, um, you know, this discussion is important and one that has to be had. If, if it is a recurring problem and there's enough talk about it, 
and there is a clear golfing class between, say, you know, the quality of official that's being delivered in the Premier League week in, week out with the technology, um, you know, it does make for a very interesting case. Yeah, absolutely. So um, it'll be interesting to see what happens in the off-season in, in that regard. Um, but as you say, I mean, for, for the the importance of the fixture, it, it didn't really mean too much. Um, look, we, we can move on then. We'll talk about um, a few other things. But if you had uh, MVP votes for this game, if you wanted to give those. Yeah, so I think I had Slater as my three. And I think that I probably just, you know, clouded vision because of, you know, how important the goal was. And um, I, I guess the, well, it was just such a well-worked goal. I think I probably had Treore for, uh, for my two points. And then, um, you know, one point, uh, probably, uh, I, w- I want to say Seri would probably take my one. Um, but a- again, um, I'm, I'm not entirely sold on that one point, but I, I do think Seri was was in the mix. Yeah, look, the, you know, I was the same as you. I mean, I swapped my three and two. I went Treyo for the three and Slater for the two. But again, for that one vote, it was really hard to pick someone out. I think I went Seri as well. Um, you could have probably given it to any number of players who put in a reasonable performance, but there was probably those two standout performances um, and then Sarah can get it by virtue of a pretty decent midfield display. Um, look, just a few things of off-field discussion before we move on to the preview. Um, obviously, with the game against Rotherham, sort of, it is the preview as well. But, you know, from an off-field perspective, the fact that we're looking at getting about 22,000, 23,000 in attendance for this one, um, mm-hmm. the ticket deal that Ajun's put on for the game, West Upper is open. I think the lower bowl has actually fully sold out, which is awesome to see. Biggest crowd in about five or six years is um, just brilliant. And, you know, for a game that, just talking about the Reading game not having much significance, neither does this one. I mean, probably a bit more significance with the um, Yorkshire Derby element of it, but all the same, from a city perspective, not a whole lot riding on it. Obviously massive for Rotherham in their relegation battle, but to see such a huge crowd come out for a, a, an essentially meaningless game is is awesome. Oh, absolutely. And again, like it's it's the same talking points, but we just have to give credit to, you know, to the owner and 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 the manager and just what they're kind of trying to build. Like it has it's it's worked, it's brought the fans back. It's really changed the perspective of a lot of the, you know, the stay away fans. And it's just a really nice thing to to see the the MKM, you know, with that many bums on seats again, given uh, you know, that really strenuous period where it, it wasn't the case. And I think that, you know, looking back on it now, we probably missed out on, you know, some pretty interesting signings and things along the way because we weren't necessarily a big draw card of a club to play for, um, given that situation. And it and it did linger for for a you know extended period of time. So uh it's it's just really it's a great thing as a fan to be able to to watch you know football played the way it should be played in front of a packed house and in a great stadium so um you know full credit and it's it's great to see the health of the club you know return to to where you know we expect it to be and, and want it to be absolutely couldn't say it better myself okay well before we do that preview we'll do a quick round of who am i speaking of former players and uh, uh potential signings um if you're good to go for a, a quick game of who am i Let's do it. I, I, I do think this is one that could come down to the player initials. I will warn you in advance. I, I'll be very yeah. impressed if you're able to grab this one. Um, yeah. But I made 32 appearances for City and I scored two league goals. 32 appearances for City, two league goals. All right. So we're, we're probably looking at, 
one, maybe one and a bit seasons. Um, more likely a loan spell than a permanent transfer. I'm going to go out on a limb. Um, okay. I, look, I, I feel like I'm going to need another clue only because I still don't know the time period, which yeah, is no probably something that makes it the most difficult. So I joined City in 2013. So uh, first Premier League season under Bruce. I departed in 2015 and I had a loan spell to Wolves in 2014. A loan spell to Wolves. Okay. Oh, 2013. Is this uh, Stephen Hunt? Oh, that's really close. No, no, no. So he would have been what, 2010. But, but, am, but am, I, am I right in saying... Mission. Is I right in saying that he did go to Wolves? He did go to Wolves, yeah. So it's, wow. you're in the in the right ballpark, just slightly okay. off in the years. But there you go. Do you have oh. another guess at this clue, or I can give you the next one? Oh, at Wolves, I feel like that that's reduced it a lot. There, there yeah. can't be many that have gone to Wolves. Um, 2013. Oh, it feels like a long time ago. Um, all right, I need another clue. Okay, so I played as a striker and I wore the number 20. Oh, okay. Um, I'm going to kick myself if I've got this jersey at home. Uh, I, I probably <laughs> don't, but it's just number 20 is a very rare, rare Made famous by Bowen, but, yeah, not many not many other uh, yeah, yeah. big signings. Um. Oh, this is this one's gonna hurt. I'm I'm gonna really struggle with. Um, See if I can give you the club we signed him from. See if that I don't know if that's gonna help yeah. much to be honest. So we signed him from Evian in France. Oh, okay. Um, I think the only player that I remember coming would be uh, Yannick Sagbo. Spot on. There you go. Okay. Yeah. Wow, that's ten years ago. That ten is, years uh, ago. Exactly very right. interesting. Time flies. Okay. Absolutely. Nice one. Yeah, you got it. Uh, actually, I yeah, because I, I realized when I said the Wolves link, I was like, yeah, you're right. There's not many players that go from us to Wolves, so it's um, it does narrow it down a bit. But uh, there you go. Nice one. I, I, I remember being linked with Yannick Sagbo for a long time. I remember Steve Bruce made it very clear that he was interested, and I, I can't remember why it took so long. But um, yeah, it's that's the kind of the. The very distant memories that I have, but I, I know that Bruce was very keen on him, and it, it took quite some persuasion to to get him across the uh, across eventually. Was it, but, yeah. it was it was it Sagbo who in, in maybe his second game against Norwich? Yeah, I think it was. Got his, got the red card. Um, yeah, for a, for a headbutt, maybe. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so we've had a few strikers who've had that because I think what Sagbo, Embakani, yeah. and then obviously most recently Tete. So a couple of uh, strikers you know, getting red cards before their first goals for us. Um, Very interesting. There you go. Um, All right. So we'll do, we'll round things off with that preview of the Rotherham game. We've already said um, looking like being as close to a sellout as we're going to have this season anyway. Um, Matt Taylor in charge there after taking over from Paul Warren, who of course went to Derby to replace Liam Rosinia. So a bit of musical chairs with the managers involved in this game, which is a bit of a funny one. Um, But Rotherham... um, Rotherham have two wins in their last five games in the league, but they've lost their last two. And we've only got one loss in our last five against them, of course, as well, having beaten them in the 
FA Cup, Cup if I'm thinking yeah. of the right. I always get them mixed up because there's a few different R teams that we've played recently in the FA Cup. But I'm, if I'm not mistaken, it is Rotherham that Eve's got his hat trick against, isn't it? Yeah, those uh, the three two yeah. game. I think yeah, yeah. A, a really good, a really uh, enjoyable game to watch. Yeah, it definitely yeah. was Rotherham. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. Yeah, so so obviously I sort of alluded to it earlier, but big game for them for the uh, relegation fight. I'll just have a look at where they actually are in the um, table. I think they're a couple of points above the relegation zone at the moment. They, they've sort of pulled themselves a bit clear of that battle. Um, with a few recent performances picking up points, but they're not clear yet by any means. Um, yeah, so they're four points clear of Huddersfield. So in that sort of really awkward position where they're kind of probably unsure about, you know, do they have to go out and beat us to really kind of pull away? Do they just, is a draw good enough or or like how much are they looking over their shoulders? So it'll be interesting from that perspective in terms of how they approach the game. Oh, absolutely. And I guess, you know, you think about it being a, a Yorkshire derby as well, probably adds a, an extra yeah. element to it. And I guess if you want to even stretch it a little bit further, thinking about the, you know, the team that they sit above Huddersfield also being a, a Yorkshire team. So there will be a lot of feeling in this game, uh, regardless of, you know, how important it is for us. I, you know, it's definitely a far more important fixture for them, which, you know, does make things a little bit more tricky, um, you know, on, on our front. And it be very interesting to see how we approach this game because, as you said, a recent form has been quite handy. Um, and, you know, you never want to give away points to particularly, a, you know, a, a, local, uh, a local rival. So be fascinating fixture. Yeah, that's it. And and I mean, it's interesting thinking about our um, squad availability, obviously Tete and uh, Christy out for the season, but otherwise it's almost a clean bill of health for the, for the squad for what feels like the first time this season. Um, I think Connolly, uh, Woods and Ingram should all be back either, you know, fit to start or fit to come off the bench as needed, um, which is really good news. I think Darlow presumably would hold his spot as the uh, as the number one between the sticks, but um, whether Connolly comes back in up front um, so we could see him and Ebue flanking um, Oscar, for instance, uh, it's going to be really interesting to see what we do with the lineup. Yeah, it will be fascinating. And I, I actually do kind of wonder if, if Rosinha does look at this game as an opportunity to... Uh, you know, do some squad rotation and and, and name a, a somewhat changed squad uh, purely on the on the merit of of getting some um you know some minutes into some legs of, of players who haven't played you know much in recent times. I just I feel like it's kind of got that feel where it's a you know a big game at home and when I want to say a big game, at least a big crowd. Um, yeah. and and I just I think it you know it's probably one of those free hit games where he could afford to try and do something like that. He he may you know as you mentioned may just kind of tinker with it a little bit, but I wouldn't be surprised if there was a pretty you know funky lineup uh, rolled out you know this time tomorrow night. Yeah, well that's it. I mean you think about guys like Woods if he's potentially fit to start, whether you throw Woods and Simons in there just to see what different midfield combinations look like. I sort of feel like we're at that point of the season where it's really about knowing what players he wants to take into next season. He wants to know what players work in what systems and whether they're up to different formations and different structures or, or whether they're not really going to be the sorts of players to come along for, for the journey next season. So, um, you, you know, you, you wouldn't want to be, I mean, in a way it's, it's, it's the perfect environment for someone like a Callum Elder who really wants to prove their point in the squad and you can't do that sat on the bench. So you're going to get those chances to play when there's nothing on the line, when the manager's more willing to tinker with the lineup than 
if we were in, if we're in a rele- relegation battle, he's naming his best eleven, and then the players on the periphery get cold at the end of the season. It, it gives you know your Woods and your Elder and all those guys that chance to really prove themselves. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, you know it's it's amazing, particularly for for some of those you know players that you mentioned. What goals can do as well, like late in the piece, uh, you know, particularly as like the off season kind of lingers. If you if you finish with a bit of a flurry as well, uh, you know, I know that you don't always like to think this way, but as far as the transfer market goes, like your stock goes up and and teams start to become a little bit more interested when they see numbers. So yeah, you just you kind of never know what's going on in the in the player's head, but. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm really interested to to see what lineup actually gets rolled out, and to see who um, who's still kind of how do I describe it? Still chomping at the bit for those for those big performances because um, it often you know says a lot as far as you know looking forward to next season and uh, who who wants you know their uh, their intentions as as a player to kind of be revealed. So um, yeah, it's a, it's an interesting period. Yeah, well, absolutely. Um, do you have a score prediction for this one? Look, uh, just this one's a, a, tr- a tricky one, as we mentioned, because Rotherham do still have a lot to play for. I think that the fact that there is going to be such a big crowd uh, there probably does favour uh, City. I think that given the fact that, like, obviously that sounds like the most ludicrous statement that favours us because we're playing at home in front of a big crowd, but uh, the fact that there will be a lot of feeling in it and knowing that, um, you know, Rotherham do have a lot more pressure on them uh, than we do, I just feel like they're probably more likely to play, um, when I say in their shell, a little bit nervous. And I think that um, because of that, we may be able to, um, you know, really kind of play with freedom uh, while they're a little bit tense. And I think that that'll probably lead to a couple of, well, at least one sneaky goal. I reckon we're going to win 2-0. Yeah, I'm, I'm feeling 2-0 as well. Maybe a 2-1 if they throw everything at us and get something on the scoreboard. I've got uh, Ogbena and Hugel up front who are pretty dangerous propositions. I think they're the ones to watch out for in this one. Um, it be interesting to see if Eves can get on the park against us. I don't actually know if he's fit at the moment, but yeah, probably a 2-0 or a 2-1 for myself. Um, well, yeah, look, there's only eight games to go in the season. Um, be seven after this one. So we're getting pretty close to the end of the season. Now we're into that final stretch as uh, the title of this episode suggests. So it'll be very interesting to see how the uh, season finishes off. But look, thanks for joining me for this one, Logan. Yeah, my pleasure, Alex. Good to be here as always. No worries. And thanks everyone for listening along. We'll be back next week, uh, probably Wednesday, Oz time, Thursday morning, uh, no, uh, Wednesday morning, uh, UK time um, for a roundup of this Rotherham game and to look ahead to the following fixtures. But until then, come on, City. You've been listening to the official Hull City Australia podcast, The Tigers Down Under. For more discussion, join us on Facebook at the Hull City AFC Australia Facebook or follow us on Twitter at Hull City AFC Oz. The music was created by Amber Black. There's no turning back, cause you're amber and black till you die.